Hi folks, welcome to the latest community conversation here at Atlantic Health System. My name is Luke Margolis, I'm the Corporate Communications Director for Atlantic Health, and today I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Elkin Nunez. He is the Director of Endocrinology at Atlantic Health System's Morristown Medical Center, and he is deeply involved in a lot of the diabetes education we do here across Atlantic Health System. So doctor, thanks so much for joining us today, and we're looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for the invitation, Lucas. So we have <coughs> uh, a pretty cool topic today. It's one that crosses all kinds of socioeconomic boundaries, all kinds of age boundaries, all kinds of um, basically everything that, that, that might be used to, to, to separate people into different groups, this kind of crosses over all of them. We're talking about um, diabetes health, specifically the, the effect of diabetes on, on individuals, and really, um, as it relates to what we're seeing in the holiday season, a lot of the challenges that come with maintaining a healthy diet and making healthy decisions, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those times, they can be pretty challenging for folks, huh? Very challenging, very challenging. So um, just to give folks a little bit of background on how this will work, uh, our community conversations uh, work like this. Uh, the doctor and I will chat for a little bit, but this is very much uh, an opportunity for you to participate as well. If you have a question about the topic we're discussing or perhaps something closely related, um, you can add it into the comments section on the window below, uh, and then we will try to get to those as quickly as we can. We have a team of folks who are helping coordinate that. Um, if it's a question that's specifically done to what we're talking about, we'll try to ask it because other folks may have the same questions you do. Maybe they just don't, uh, they're not brave enough to enter it in. Uh, if you miss any portion of this program, the entire thing will be available um, on our Facebook pages, but also on LinkedIn, on our website, AtlanticHealth.org. You can find an audio version of it on our SoundCloud account. And if maybe uh, the internet isn't so much your thing all the time, but you'd rather watch it on TV, tune in to News 12 Plus Saturdays and Sundays from 8.30 to 9. Uh, you'll be able to see the whole thing there. So, that is the community conversations and doctor. Um, well, now, now I'm famous. Yeah. I'm famous now. You are. My, my, my children said, Dad, now you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've been on a community conversation, that's right, that's right. I, you're going to get stopped in the street. I mean, there's nothing I can do. It's, it's celebrity <laughs> has its prices. Um, okay, so November is American Diabetes Month. Yes. Uh, this coming Saturday, and for those who may not be watching this live, uh, this will be Saturday, November 14th, is World Diabetes Day. So it's really timely and appropriate that we're having this discussion right now. But um, I want to just kind of take a step back because I can't assume that everybody who's watching this is totally familiar with diabetes and, and knows about the different types and, and the way it affects folks. Can you give us just a little bit of a, of a, of a primer, a 101, if you will, on diabetes? Absolutely. We basically divide diabetes into two types, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 diabetes is where your pancreas does not make any insulin whatsoever maybe a tiny bit, but usually it doesn't make any, and you require insulin. When you have type 2 diabetes, which is usually about 95% of all of diabetes. It's type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes. You make insulin. You just don't make enough of it. Your body can utilize it, and there's insulin resistance. Mm. So that, that's a big distinction. Okay. You, in, this, in type 2, you don't make enough of it. There's resistance to that insulin, and uh, you can utilize it the way you're supposed to. And so insulin is supposed to get into cells or allow, allow to connect to cells so the sugar can go into those cells. And without that insulin, can't you can, can't happen. Glucose, sugar, starts to accumulate in the bloodstream, and it keeps going up until you end up with symptoms. Now, there are sort of strata to that, right? I'm sure there's varying degrees. We even have something that some folks may have heard of called prediabetes, where yes. you may be sort of encroaching on diabetes, but not quite being diabetic yet. What is prediabetes? So, so 
that's the patient who goes to their primary care doctor or gets blood work done for whatever reason. And, and the blood sugar is somewhere between 100 and 125 uh, milligrams per deciliter. So normal blood sugar in the fasting state, first thing in the morning, you haven't eaten anything since 10 o'clock the night before, uh, should be under 99. Okay. And if you're somewhere between 100 and 125, you have prediabetes. The other thing that we, we like to use to measure that is uh, uh, something called the A1C. Every person with diabetes, excuse me, out there should know what the A1C is. And that's a percent number that equals the average blood sugar over the last three months. Normal A1C, when you don't have a, uh, diabetes, it's less than 5.6, but when you have diabetes, it's 6.5 or greater. So we use both the regular blood sugar that we get from your blood test with the A1C to kind of gauge a person's broader, broader and metabolic risk of either having prediabetes or diabetes. The, the prediabetes classification is if the A1C is between 5.7. Remember I said less than 5.6 is normal. 5.7 and 6.4, that's prediabetes. If you're pre-diabetic... By the way, there's 23 million people in the United States with pre-diabetes. 23, 23 million. million. And I saw from the American Diabetes Association that there are 34 million people who have diabetes. That's right. So you're talking almost 60 million people here. If you're pre-diabetic, are you, is it like a lock that you'll become diabetic? Is it, is, does one automatically lead to the, to the other? No, and that's the key. And that's why it's so vital to identify these patients and know because if we know that from the diabetes prevention trials that have been done, if you incorporate total life changes, medical nutrition therapy, exercise, and some weight loss, we can prevent diabetes by as much as 58%. Wow, that's a huge percentage. So it's critical that all these people that have that kind of blood sugar, my biggest pet peeve is when a patient comes to me for the first time and says, um, oh yeah, 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 my blood sugar was slightly elevated about three or four years ago. And I say, slightly elevated, what is that? Oh, I remember the doctor or my nurse practitioner saying it was about 102, 103. But they said, you know, just watch it. And I tell them, watch what? You becoming diabetic? You're in or somebody zone. with diabetes? You're, you're eventually going to progress to that, to diabetes, if you don't make the necessary changes in lifestyle so that we can mitigate the diabetes. Now, that's a perfect transition into, into our broader conversation today. And before we get into it, I want to talk a little bit about this concept of lifestyle changes. Because... You know, are we talking about, you know, some folks I know um, have made major changes to their diets. They've become vegetarian or they changed their, what they're consuming. When you say lifestyle changes or total lifestyle changes, how, how broad does that go? How much of your life does that touch you? So, you know, we used to tell patients, I remember when I was a, a, a medical student and, and an intern, we used to tell patients, you can't. You can't eat rice. You can't eat potatoes. You can't. But total... Just, no. you got to stop it, otherwise you become diabetic. We used to even threaten patients uh, uh, with that. And, and now we know, just from research and the studies that we've done, that all it takes is just moderation. I tell my patients, nobody should be telling you, even your primary care, I'll go out on a limb, nobody should be telling you you can't do what you want to do. But if you can't control yourself, you should maybe not do it. <laughs> that's good advice. So it's, it's all moderation. In a lot of different areas of your life, that's good advice. No. So I wonder then, let's, as we turn to our discussion about the holidays, um, I would think, just based on my personal knowledge of, of what the, the food selections usually are around the holidays, and, and based on what we've just talked about, that this is a particularly challenging time for people 
who are either pre-diabetic or who have diabetes. I, is that true? What, what do we, is this why November basically is the awareness month for this disease? Tell, Correct. Tell us a little bit about that. Correct. So we, you know, I, when patients come in, and I, I, I revert back to my patients because this is what I do, um, you know, I, I tell them because almost invariably, probably after about middle of January when they all start coming back, most patients, 70% of them, have gained some weight, five to 10 pounds. And it always goes back to not one holiday, right? The problem with us as human beings and creatures of habit and what we do is that we have Halloween, one day. We have Thanksgiving, one day. New Year's or Christmas, one day. New Year's, one day. But we make it a month worth of a celebration. And so when you- Parties or, or different family gatherings, it's always something. Food at work, everywhere you go there's food, everybody's being friendly, everybody's being happy. Right. We want to translate that into food, right? We're, sure. we're human beings. And so you end up gaining five to 10, sometimes even more. And then you got to kind of undo that at the beginning of the year. And so I, I'd like to put really, you know, everybody that's got diabetes or pre-diabetes, um, you need to put yourself at the top of this year's list. And you really have to just worry about your health first and then everybody else's. Because if you get sick, if your diabetes gets under, uh, out of control, it's everybody else's disease as well, not just your personal disease, right? You get sick and you get hospitalized, you, you're not the only one there. Your family's worried, everybody in the family's worried. It cascades throughout the rest cascades. of the world. Cascades, sorry. What if, if you have a, a member of your family who, is, who has type one and type two diabetes, um, and you're responsible for planning a, a Thanksgiving meal or however, and, and we'll say this folks, um, certainly with the holidays, uh, it's an unprecedented time of year. It's an unprecedented year for this time of year to be entering into it. And so um, hopefully folks, as they're thinking about what they're gonna do this holiday season, that they make a plan. Um, remember the most important things um, that we've been talking about all throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Mask wearing, hand washing, social distancing. That's right. Please incorporate those into whatever it is you have planned this holiday season because that's, those are the most important steps. But if you are, um, if you are a, a, a parent or an aunt or an uncle and you're planning um, whatever the meal is for folks, what are some things that people who are living with people who are diabetic mm -hmm. or who may have recently been diagnosed as diabetic, what are some things they need to keep in mind to help the loved ones in their lives make those good decisions to get through the holiday season? Well, you said it. Number one, I think it's limit the number of, of free carbs, simple sugars, things like candy and and uh, cakes and, and, and pies, even though it's Thanksgiving, right? We, we love apple pie and all, sure. but you've got to limit those things. And, and you know, I usually tell patients, look, when you get into to the room where you're gonna be, look at the food if it's already out, right? And scout, make a plan, mental plan. What am I gonna go for? What am I gonna consume? What should I consume? Um, and then stick to that plan. Because what we tend to do is gen then walk around and start picking. Right? right. And, and grazing. And you want to limit that grazing because, because the calories add up. How do you know? Like, what, what, where do you go for information? I know our website, AtlanticHealth.org, is obviously a great one. But what are some, I know you're involved in a lot of education around diabetes mm -hmm. for patients. Mm -hmm. What do you advise uh, for patients to, to learn about the things that they need to do? So, number one, if you've never, ha if you're somebody that lives with diabetes and, and you've never uh, seen a diabetes educator, then that's the first thing that they should be doing, right? A diabetes uh, uh, education professional. 
um, is key because they will teach you everything from what, what the goals are in terms of A1C, blood glucose for the days. They'll, they'll help you manage your control or, or uh, teach you about your medications and how they interact with the other medications and teach you about what, what it is that we're trying to, to prevent, right? The microvascular complications of diabetes, the macrovascular complications of diabetes. And so that's number one. So you, you would go to your primary care provider or your advanced practice provider um, and say, can I, I've never had diabetes or it's been five years since I had diabetes education. Can you please uh, uh, give me an order so that I can go see an educator? And if they're part of our system at Atlantic Health, they, they put in education through our electronic medical record and it goes straight to a education hub and no matter where you are, whether you're in Hackettstown, New Jersey, if you're in, if you're in Newton, Overlook, it'll, 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 somebody will contact you and uh, you'll be directed to the prospective education center. Now I also want to mention too, for those in the Morristown area, um, for World Diabetes Day, which we mentioned, is coming up um, on the 14th, there is a, uh, an educational uh, virtual seminar that I, that I believe is happening this weekend, so um, folks can definitely check that out. Um, and a, a lot of our uh, information can be found at AtlanticHealth.org. There's like a text bar right there in the middle of the webpage, and you can enter in diabetes, you can search for things that you're interested in. That's a great resource um, for folks who are looking for information. We only have a couple minutes left, but I want to touch on, on something that uh, is obviously a huge issue right now. The, um, the American Diabetes Association's website said, uh, some information I found there suggested that of the 40% of individuals in America who have died from COVID-19, 40% 40 of those individuals who have died mm -hmm. were living with diabetes. So I think that this, the messages that we're talking about today would seem to me to be particularly significant with everything that's going on in our country right now. Absolutely. We don't know quite specifically why uh, the mortality rate in people with diabetes is so high, but we know that COVID-19 induces uh, an inflammatory response throughout the whole body. Uh, whether you have diabetes or no diabetes, but it just so happens that people with diabetes, that response gets more heightened and causes more problems. And so people with diabetes tend to be in the, in the ICU longer, tend to have a longer length to stay in the hospital, have more complications and more death. So, so look, I think that that, folks, right there as we, as we continue this series of, of community conversations and we try to bring you information that you can put to good use to play an active role in your own health and well-being, um, it's that kind of information that seems to be Yeah, and, and you know, have, a, have a, a, a disaster plan, no matter what happens, right? If you get sick like around the holidays, right? yeah. you get sick around the holidays, know what to do. If you use insulin, have a, have a conversation with your provider or your educator. They have their vast wealth of knowledge. Um, but have a plan as to what to do, you know, sick day rules. What you, when, how often should I be checking my blood sugars? What about my medications when I'm having nausea and vomiting and can't take uh, any food? Should I be taking them, not taking them? All these things have to be asked because it's your health. Absolutely. Dr. Nunez, thank you so much for taking some time today. I appreciate you sharing this important information with our audience. Thank you for the invite again. All right, folks. This was the latest community conversation. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us and, uh, and, and talking about this really important issue that affects us, as Dr. Nunez said, almost 60 million people in this country. Uh, through either prediabetes or type 1 or type 2 diabetes. So it may not be you, but I bet you it's probably somebody you know. And, uh, and so hopefully you heard a little something today that will help you uh, make a better decision about yourself and, and on their behalf as well. So again, Dr. Nunez, thank you so much. My name is Luke Margolis. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Community Conversations at Atlantic Health System, and we will see you next time. Be safe.